All right. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Recruiter Podcast, the podcast where we share all the ins and outs of what it's like to be in the recruiting industry and the wild journey that it is for us that choose to partake in it. I am your host, Clark Wilcox, the founder of the Digital Recruiter, also co-CEO uh, co of Digital Recruiter Talent Group. And today, I have the luxury of being joined by my co-CEO of the Digital Recruiter Talent Group and Managing Director, Lauren D'Amato. She is a has been an internal recruiter and agency owner. She is a sales and recruiter extraordinaire, one of my favorite people, maybe the best recruiter that I've ever met, and a very good friend. Lauren, thanks for being here. Thanks, Clark. I appreciate all the kind words. Of course. They're well-earned. <laughs> They're well-earned. So, <laughs> I am excited to have this con I mean, we talk all the time, so uh, yes. I'm a little scared maybe of recording uh, the conversation, but I think we'll be all right. Uh, but <laughs> I'm excited for yeah. the people in the community to kind of find out, learn about you, kind of why you made the crazy decision to kind of join forces with me and, and what we're doing, Digital Recruiter. Um, I'm excited kind of for people to hear that, that story. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from you. So we'll start with... How'd you get into recruiting? Excellent question. Still trying to figure that out myself. Um, <laughs> how I explain it to folks is I have this very twisty, turny path in life that has brought me here. Um, I actually started my career in clinical research. I recruited for clinical trials at um, two of the best institutions in the United States. And I loved it so much, but there was just something inside of me, um, and you know me well at this point, that I was a little um, bored, to say the least. I needed something a little bit more fast-paced. Um, such important work, but there was just something missing for me. Um, so I got the startup itch, and I jumped ship, and I spent some time at early-stage startups from seed to Series B, helping grow and scale their teams, was always... Um, a solo recruiter, just kind of getting handed uh, anything we needed, whether it was customer service to a CTO. I just had to figure it out, um, even if I had no clue what it was. Um, so just, it just happened. Um, I, I took my prior experience and applied it to the startup world um, and made a career out of it. It just happened. I feel like that's every person's entry into recruiting. Yes. That was definitely mine. Yes. It just happened. Right. Yes. You should get a dollar every time somebody says that. Right. <laughs> Many dollars. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of places we're going to take this, but the first one, I think it'd be kind of, it's kind of fun. How many times did recruiters hit you up as an internal recruiter to work with you? As an internal recruiter, um, I was getting messages, and, and this is dating back to 2016, Yeah, weekly, if not more frequently, um, for a long stretch of time. Were you allowed to work with agencies at any of the places you were? Um, yes and no. Um, yeah. We did have some agency partnerships um, for specific roles. Um, I, I tended to outpace them, if yeah. that surprises me. A rare internal recruiter <laughs> that could outpace the agency. So, yeah. Yes, it's, yes uh, I would save internal companies a lot of money. That's, uh, 
that's right. It's always the bane of now you're on the other side and yes. you're looking for the ones that, you know, don't quite have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was, I know your goal wasn't to work with agencies and was to save money, but I guess what were some of like the best and maybe the worst pitches that you heard from agency recruiters? I guess some of the best are really when they are speaking to you about a specialized role. I worked, uh, my last company I was internal at was a very specific neuroscience company. Um, And those were specific scientists and engineers that we were looking for. Um, So if somebody came to us and said that they specialized or could speak that language, it always, you know, perked our ears up. Um, I think when you receive an outreach mail that is just so generic and you could just tell that every person on the internet is receiving that same message, those are very easy to pass up. That's, that is yet another, you know, tip of the cap to, you know, niching down and having a vertical and owning it, which is a little bit ironic because... (laughs) is <laughs> an agency recruiter you'd think you'd have that but no i don't you, have that you have a delightful <laughs> phrase for yourself is the chameleon of the search right? yes. so it's so interesting that that's how you recommend right but then you're just engineers recruiters salespeople yeah. i don't uh-huh. know it like you recruit it all so yeah like have yeah. you try to ever niche? Did it kind of just happen because you were eternal and you were just used to working on everything? Like yeah. how did that kind of come to be? Yeah. yeah. Well, working internally as a solo recruiter, I didn't have a choice. Like it was my job to work on whatever was handed to me and perform yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't know any different, yeah. um, truly. Uh, I think you challenged me for quite some time to even try to find a niche, whether it was executive or revenue and I always pushed back. I said, I just can't. I <laughs> I enjoy doing it all. Um, you know, like you said, while it's wild that I recommend folks to find their niche, I think just my upbringing, I, I have a good story and a background. And when I talk about, you know, all the different types of companies and the high growth companies that I've worked with or at um, and the variety of roles, and I can really speak to it, it's um, believable. Yeah. And I think that's where I've evolved and working with someone like you and a couple other recruiters that come to mind. What I always say is lean into your strengths. And like that, I've had to kind of evolve my thinking over the last couple of years of sometimes that's not a specific vertical. That is Mm -hmm. your background where you had to see every department, you had to place in every department people, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was critical like that is your strength, right? Now, some people, they come from, they're a physical therapist and now they recruit physical therapists. Well, that makes yeah. a lot of sense, right? They're not mm-hmm. looking to be, you know, a million different things or you know, they come in from accounting. So they're going to place accounting and finance folks. And yeah. that makes a lot of sense in terms of subject matter expertise. It just happens to be that yeah. your subject matter expertise is really with like high growth companies mm-hmm. and those roles can be across the board. Right? Yeah. And I think that is... That is kind of the common theme now with what the roles that we have on our board is their companies all kind of looking to grow, right? Whether it's recruiters looking for sales, looking for engineers, like you've kind of brought that like piece to like for us working together. And it makes sense because as a consultant and coach, companies and recruiter companies coming to me looking to grow. And I think that might make starting to kind of make some sense as to kind of why we're like, let's just team up on this and and make it happen. Uh, Yeah. 
before we get there, how did you make the switch from internal to agency owner? I always say it just serendipitously happened. So towards the end of 2020, the company I was at was just um, not making it out of the pandemic the way that we were hoping to, which was, you know, so heartbreaking and unfortunate. Um, At that same time, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I was about to have my second child. Life just looked different than it did, you know, a few years ago. Um, At that same time, I was at this crossroads. A lot of my old connections in this startup world started reaching out. Um, VC firms that I had strong partnerships with, um, old colleagues, old CEOs that I've worked with, just kind of started handing me a role and asking if I had any capacity to help. Um, and it snowballed very, very quickly. Um, I think we received our first role um, late 2020. By you know January, I had my first employee uh, working with me. And we just kept getting wreck after wreck after wreck. And it was not intentional, truly. Um, it happened, you know, what felt like overnight. That's, that's amazing. I mean, right, right in the, just getting right into the game. And yeah, 2021, 2022 was like a huge boom for the mm-hmm. agency recruiting world and just kind of hiring yeah. in general. That's a lot has obviously changed this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's have been a little bit more difficult, but I guess talk to us in kind of the beginning Right. How was it different, you know, going internal to agency? What were some of the challenges and maybe you got the roles and maybe making the placements, working the process on the outside Mm -hmm. end versus being on the inside? Yeah. No, I have never worked a day in my life in an agency. I no clue. I actually never wanted to. I thought it was just not my speed. It was not my type of environment. I am a let's all accomplish this together as opposed to going head to head with somebody. I'm a very competitive person, but not when it comes, um, when it doesn't feel right. When that, yeah. And it just, those, that environment never felt right to me. And that's kind of what, how I built, you know, my previous agency off of. We are going to accomplish this together. We're going to work on this together. When we get a win, we all win because the client's going to be happy and we're just going to get more, um, which is exactly what happened. I had clients on retainers for 18 plus months because they were so satisfied with our work and our process. Um, and I kind of, and you know, I... I built my agency how I wanted it to. It did not, or it did not look like any other agency you've probably ever come across because I didn't have that um, agency experience. So um, it's, I, yeah. It's, <laughs> and to, I know you're going to be humble and modest and all those things, but to, it's, an important point I try to tell, you know, everyone I work with, like, you know, again, what are your strengths? What do you want to be? You get to determine this, mm-hmm. right? With a LinkedIn profile and everything else, like you don't have to follow the standard. I mean, the recruiting fundamentals are always going to be like standard, right? But mm-hmm. in terms of like the identity and your kind of value prop, like you get to dictate that. Like that's the beautiful part of like LinkedIn and the internet and the ability to reach so many people mm-hmm. ever having to make like that one call, you know, call after call after call, like you got to be like, Hey, this is who we're going to be. This is what, who we want to work with. And you know, the mm-hmm. problems that we solved and 
you can kind of get that message out, right? You got it out to your immediate network and built the foundation there and been able to start then really expanding on mm-hmm. that and kind of taking, you know, I don't guess are sourcing up until 10, 11, you're screening constantly. I mean, you're getting after it with that speed yeah. and that yeah. quality. And then I think it kind of like you were just rocking and rolling and then yeah. it turned into like, all right, well, how do we like get this out there? Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess kind of maybe talk to us about like what that looked like, kind of when you hit that mark and kind of you're like, all right, how do I build on this? Yeah. Yeah. That was always something that I had, you know, internally struggled with is we had this amazing um, group of clients. We had so much success, but I always knew that there was just a little bit more that I could do, a little bit more that we could capitalize on. Um, And that's kind of how you came into the picture was earlier this year, um, you just showed up on my feed, I think. <laughs> Someone must have liked something and the algorithms yeah. worked. The The universe was trying to tell us something. Um, and it just really spoke to me because we did not have to I, – I never posted on LinkedIn. I never said a word. I, I was basically invisible because we were so busy and I just never had to put our – our services and everything that we've accomplished out there um, and what I saw from your page and what you kind of helped teach agencies really spoke to me and, um, you know, kind of building more of a presence, building more of a brand. And, um, you know, that that's really, I knew all along that we needed it. I just didn't know how to get there. Right. How to get there without spending like, kind of spinning your wheels, taking you away from what's already driving revenue, mm-hmm. right? Like what's like a, the, the intelligent way to go about it. And then you can kind of just run with it. Cause I think mm-hmm. that was what was, I've said it to you since January, like you came right in after like the first call, <laughs> like your team, you're like, oh, we got to set up this system and get more out of like all, all our tools here. And then yeah. we got to post here. And then next thing I knew, like you were off and running, like the whole yeah. team, like within, a day or two. Yeah. Uh, I'd be implemented well, I I as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I told you um, when I make an investment, I'm going to make sure I capitalize on it. So yeah. um, I probably drove you crazy because I was like, okay, I finished my homework. What's what's next? And you're like, you're ahead. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's review. Um, but that's just kind of how I operate at full speed. Well, it, it was great. I mean, I, I love it because it's, <laughs> The quicker you implement, the quicker you can figure stuff out, the quicker you can get results. Yeah. I mean, what was it like for you when you started posting content? Like, what was that experience like? Like, what resulted? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely uncomfortable yeah. because I'm the type of person who even posts on Instagram four times a year on my kids' birthdays, my anniversary, and like maybe one family vacation. So, yeah. putting, you know, raw, like rawness out into the universe was uncomfortable at first, for sure. I'm not somebody who who likes to brag, who, you know, divulges a lot of personal information. Um, I don't document my day on social media. That's just not who I am. Um, but I think after, you know, a few goes typing content, it just became second nature. Yeah. And it's really not that, like, when you – it's one of my favorite examples because it's the exact type of person I believe should be posting content is 
you put your head down, you got the work, you had the results for your clients, mm-hmm. and you learned like you got you've gotten the reps, right? You've been through the fire. And there's mm-hmm. a lot that people need. This hiring processes are broken everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're really attacking it, trying to like this. So you said the way you're building your company and everyone's winning it. To, you know, you guys want to win, but win together and mm-hmm. create had that abundance mindset. And I think that was really it seemed like it really resonating with your clients. Right. 18 month mm-hmm. retainers, which is kind of unheard yeah. of. Right. Yeah. Like I, to me, the way I look at it is it's almost like you have not say like a responsibility, but like I'm encouraging you, like get that out there because people need to know that exists. And there's yeah. companies and people that are really struggling and maybe have had really bad experiences. And I was like, you don't even have to brag. Like you just have to share what you're doing and what right. you're working on. And that alone is going to be a revelation and you're going to bring people in, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily like, hey, look how good we are. It's like, hey, we, we're solving these problems. We're excited about solving these problems. Like, are you facing this? Because that right. can be enough for people just right there. Like, and that, that's why I try to tell people, like, it's not necessarily about, you just kind of show, it's what a teacher always told me, right? Show your work. Now, right. I never liked showing my work. I just wanted my dad to give me the answer so I could turn <laughs> in my homework and go play video games. But, you know, like, that is what I tell people. It's like, just kind of, just show your work and that is yeah. enough. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I think what it was so... I don't want to say funny, but the amount of people that were coming to me or texting me, messaging me on LinkedIn that were just in my personal network, not my work network, not folks that I had done anything, like people I go on vacations with, um, like that, like my inner circle were like reaching out and like, I had no idea. Like I knew that you were badass, but I didn't know how badass you were. And I was like... I know. I just do my work and then go on my merry way. Yeah, <laughs> so. I just uh, born, you know, born like this. You know, no big deal. And <laughs> it's another great point though, because not only just the existing client and potential candidate network, but just the personal network, right? You mm-hmm. like it, it's a way to kind of capture the potential low hanging fruit that you don't even yeah. know it's there. Absolutely. And if you could just overcome the just like, what are people going to think? Who cares? I yeah. mean, you know, what's Especially once you get out of your 20s, like really, who cares? Yeah. Right? Even in your 20s, no one cares. Yeah. Right? And it's just like you just kind of show your work and just take advantage of it, right? People yeah. just they that's everyone's on their phone, right? I was I went to the you know, I flew to Atlanta last weekend. I mean, everyone at line is just head down on their phone, right? Mm-hmm. It's just everyone's looking and they're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, like they're scrolling and they're looking to be entertained. And yeah. it just works, right? If they see your name, they're like, oh. Like, I didn't know you do that, right? They click on your profile, they see what you're about. And I think yeah. you had people be like, oh, I need a CFO now or a CTO. Like, exactly. can you help me? Yeah. I mean, okay, sure. Like, that's a huge yep. fee from just posting whatever you were working on, right? And we worked yep. on that, like, hey, here's how to kind of balance that line so you don't feel like awkward or braggy, but you're also kind of getting what you do well out there. That's what we worked on. Absolutely. And then it's what, one post, you go up about the rest of your day. And boom, you get another search in your inbox. It's like, yep. that's how simple it can be at times, yep. right? Absolutely. I love it. Um, <laughs> craziest story from recruiting so far? Uh, I don't think it's like one crazy story. Mem- more memorable. But I think it's more like people never cease to amaze me. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just you kind of forget how, you know, unique people are and um you know how folks will get to the finish line and tell you that 
That's not what they told you they wanted compensation wise, even though you wrote down verbatim exactly what they said. Yeah. Um, it just, it's actually, I've tried to desensitize myself to that stuff because people are just uh, people. interesting. <laughs> yeah. People will people. People are people. people, um, people. So it, it's definitely, um, you know, not some wild story where, you know, somebody showed up drunk or anything. Well, actually, I think we had one of those. I, I, I think we did have one of those. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think it's just wild how folks will kind of change their tune even after, you know, four, five, sometimes even six interviews and say, you know, that's not what I agreed to or that's not what I thought because, you know, one of my pillars and I kind of sound like a broken record if you've ever talked to me, but I will never give you somebody who does not agree to the compensation. If they do not agree to the compensation, I will tell you maybe they're five over, they're 10 over, or I will let you make the decision. Um, and then sometimes you still get to the end of the road and it it totally can fall apart sometimes. And it will drive you crazy because you spend so much time trying to avoid that and you know, people will come up with stories and, you know, try to tell you that's not what they said. But I'm, I'm very meticulous when it comes to that, because I think it's every recruiter's worst nightmare to get to the finish line to have it fall apart. So, well, especially when it's compensation and I think it shows like it's almost it's it's almost like the worst in a sense, because you know, the client's looking at you like, what are we doing here? I mean, this is rookie level type stuff like you yeah. can't figure out the compensation are you afraid to ask like you let them lie to you like your yeah. job is to figure out and filter the candidate and the client so mm -hmm. it's like a huge gap right yep. when when that happens i mean it is it's painful and i think everyone learns it probably the hard yep. way in recruiting yep. i know i definitely did yeah what and it's well, yeah, it happens ahead. it just happens you know it, yeah. as much as you try to avoid it um or someone says you know, now I think a, one of the hot uh, points during uh, an interview is asking if they're agreeable to going back into an office, you yeah. know, how many days and, you know, to what extent and making sure they're agreeable to that almost just as much as compensation. You know, we're starting to see a lot more folks requiring an office presence, even five days a week. So making sure they're agreeable to that is uh, important, too. Right. And how that's going to affect their commute, their schedule, right? Some people got comfortable with it. It might be a daycare thing or mm -hmm. whatever else, right? And it's just having the uncomfortable conversations on the yeah. front end with comp and all that. I mean, it's easy to get excited about mm -hmm. a candidate, a perfect LinkedIn profile, the perfect resume. It's like, oh, I found the, the needle in the haystack, right? Or the purple unicorn, as people call it. And it's like you can kind of skip steps if you're not careful and that kind of completely mm -hmm. butcher the relationship with the partnership with the client and oh they have mm -hmm. 10 15 more roles if you just figure out this one but we kind of yeah. get so excited we could skip steps you you do a really good job of balancing speed but also the quality of the filtering like how are you able to strike that balance or like what do you kind of see that works for you kind of be able to kind of have that speed and that turnaround time but without like sacrificing the quality of the screen yeah um I dedicate a lot of time. I am a bit of a workhorse, I, I will say. Um, 
Sourcing is something I actually enjoy. I'm a puzzle person, so this is kind of another variation of a puzzle, trying to find the right pieces for the perfect candidate and and get that over. Um, and again, I think working with startups, early stage companies, I have a really deep understanding of the landscape of, you know, fintech companies, ed tech, environmental tech, um, you know, who were the big wigs and like where to go after um, and utilizing internet tools to make sure you're doing research and not just kind of spinning your wheels and sending messages to the first, you know, hundred people you see. Um, and I don't turn off. I don't know what to yeah, say. You really don't. don't. You really off. don't. Yeah. It's like, it's just um, always going. Energizer bunny. Just source, yeah. you know, source screen, source screen, source, source screen, screen, source screen, play, screen. Sales, sales calls. Yeah. yeah. The back you've, and forth. Yeah. You've heard us say a few times over the past few days that, you know, viewing every candidate call as the one, the, yeah. the placement fee, the one yeah. that's going to get you the the payday that you're looking for. So, you know, really making sure that the people we're putting on our calendars are what we're looking for as much as we can see um, based off of their profile. So really not wasting time, not talking to, you know, a hundred people a week and maybe one of them is the right one. If I have a day of, you know, six to eight phone screens and if I'm not submitting half, I'm, I'm mad at myself because and I didn't do the right job. It, it's, it's important, right? I, I work with you know, a lot of agencies, a lot of recruiters. And we talked about this. I talked about this with your team at the time and in, in the spring and winter was mm-hmm. like filter through the inbox, right? Like let some of the systems and automations do their thing, yep. but filter through the inbox. Don't just get excited and start talking to 50 people in a week and only right. eight of them are relevant. Like now's your chance. You can like weed through people even quicker and weed through people in terms of like just timing, right? Not everyone is looking and not everyone is a fit, but it's also like you don't want to waste their time. And people really mm-hmm. appreciate that when you have you're using the tools and the systems to really vet people and vetting. It's not just for you. It's for them, too. It's like, great. Mm-hmm. I don't have to spend 30 minutes talking to a recruiter when I got there's yeah. nothing to talk about. Yeah. Um, right. And the market, especially engineers and sales, like they're caught up on all this and they're getting hit up all the time. So that efficiency, yeah. people are really appreciating like that upfrontness, that transparency, that efficiency. Absolutely. I know like salary transparency is like the big deal, but it's way more than just that. Right. right. It's well, just like the easy one to talk about. Right. Well, we've even started just sending job descriptions to candidates to making sure that they're aligned with the requirements or the tech stack if it's an engineer. Um, and a lot of folks will say, that's not for me or I don't want to work in that industry or this is exactly what I'm looking for. And it saves everyone time. Um, I'm not, I think some recruiters are nervous about giving away too much of a client and the person's just going to go and apply, like they're not going to get seen the way that we can have them get seen. So like getting their notes in, getting their resume in, if you're just throwing your resume into another stack, you're not going to get seen as quickly as going through us. So I, I don't have any concerns in that area. Yeah. And you can always remove the company logo or something like company name if you need to, and they can get, you know, do all that. 
Yeah. But setting a job description requires qualifying clients, qualifying mm-hmm. a good role, feeling mm-hmm. good about the job description, not relying on just <laughs> HR. Uh, <laughs> so how talk to us about that? Because I know, I mean, well, I'm a, I am a definitely a broken record. About that. <laughs> I think that people want to hear from someone else for yeah. once, but you know what? You know, talk to us about your process there. What goes into that? How you're qualifying good and not so good clients? Yeah. So the best client I'm going to get a qualified rec out of is getting on a video call with them, making that connection, looking into their eyes, making sure that they're committed. I think if you're getting on a video call with me, you need this. You're committed. If it's a phone call and you're kind of doing it while you're driving, it's like, you know, how badly do you need this role? Um, you know, you're not giving me the time and attention that this needs and how serious you are. Um, so step one is just getting that, that link out, getting them on the camera, um, and really going through, you know, their needs. Um, I usually ask them to, you know, give me the elevator pitch of the company. Um, I recently had a client that couldn't really even elevator pitch their own services, which was a bit of a red flag. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, but asking that, um, I'm trying to go through, I have a mental checklist that I go through where I say, you know, tell me, you know, your ideal client, um, you know, what are the must-haves, the non-negotiables? What is something that's not on the resume that you want to see, whether that's a, you know, someone's characteristics or like the intangibles? Um, and, and on the flip side, what don't you want to see? What companies don't you want to see? What companies do you want to see? Um, you know, tell me about the interview process. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, the best clients are going to know what that interview process looks like. You don't want to get started, hand someone off, and then they're trying to figure out who's going to talk to them first. Um, I have a very consultative process. So, um, if someone doesn't know, I'll, I'll kind of walk them through and, and help them think it through and, and give them some options. Um, you know, assessing compensation, making sure it's very clear and laid out. Um, you know, if someone says, I don't know, let's see what the market tells us. I'll push back a little bit because I've played that game before and it sounds great. You think you might have an uncapped, you know, salary band and then you bring them someone and it's actually not uncapped and they actually do have an idea. So trying to push back on that. Um, Going over benefits, those are really important um, to uh, candidates, especially these days. Um, How long the job has been open, if it's just (laughs) opened, has it been open for a while? Um, If it's been open for a while, kind of understanding why, um, helping unpack that. Um, and being transparent with the client, Make, you know, if it's been open for a while and um, they've had multiple recruiters working on it and they haven't gotten anything, like really trying to understand, okay, let's go back. Is it the compensation? Like, what have you seen? Um, again, like a very consultative approach. Um, very rarely will I accept a JD from a client without that call, you have to earn my trust (laughs) in order to do that. I have to have a really, really good understanding and working relationship with the company to forego some of those pieces. It's, we're not here to be guinea pigs, right? Mm -hmm. And I think everyone listening is, or watching is starting to understand why it, I, I wanted to really, you know, why I wanted to work with Lauren is it's all the principles that I talk about all the time. 
And it's, it's just like, you have to have like, yeah, your standard and you have to have the trust. Like they have to earn your trust and mm-hmm. not the other way around. And I hear too mm-hmm. many recruiters and agency owners that are, you know, why am I getting stuck? Because you're not making them earn it. Like they have right. to, at the end of the day, this person is going to work for their company, not right. yours. So it's like, they got to want it, right? They got to be able to make the elevator pitch. They got to know the process. Like, do you guys like want this or do you not? Because if they don't, you can never want it more than they want it. Like that's the recipe for disaster and to work for free and be a guinea pig and all those terrible things that that we're trying to avoid, right? Yeah. recruiters. Yeah. I think nine times out of 10, if a client is just sending you a job description and you're not holding that kickoff call, you should, you might as well just throw it in the trash yeah. along with uh, whatever time you're going to spend on it because it's not vetted on your side or or probably their side. There's probably a lot of things that they didn't think through by yeah. having, you know, a recruiter or somebody on our side kind of poke the holes in and, and challenge them or question them. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay to have an out to tell them like, Hey, you guys aren't quite ready. That's okay. Like yeah. we only work on stuff that's going to close within two weeks. So like, let's talk in two months, three months, like we'll mm-hmm. put something on the calendar, right? Yeah. And kind of like just doing that, giving them the out. Sometimes they're like, actually, no, 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 we need it quicker. Okay, well, let's like mm-hmm. actually figure it out. They're like, oh, okay, that that works. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're maybe not expecting to hear that from a recruiter because they're used to yeah. agencies and recruiters just chasing, you know, a wishful wreck in a sense. Right. So yeah. like if you can change their experience or kind of what they're used to hearing too, a great way to get buy-in in the short term but especially maybe even in the long term right they're like hey yeah, yeah you know what you were right like now we're ready to take it seriously it's like okay great like let's have the conversation again but then you haven't yeah. wasted hours and hours of your time yeah exactly so, exactly yeah. on so on the flip side you get a good client you get a great mm-hmm. role you're excited you have a kickoff sales call sign agreement intake call talk to us like what's that next week look like like what are you setting expectations what are your expectations What are you telling the client? Like, that's a critical part of the process. I don't think it's talked about enough. Uh, Yeah. But I love your approach here. So I want, you know, I want the people to hear it. Um, So I wrap every client kickoff call with, from here, we start our process. Once the contract is signed, we get sourcing and we move fast. Um, So I like to under promise over deliver and I always get that messed up. So um, I usually tell folks that we'll have vetted screened candidates um, within a week. It's more like three business days if I'm being honest with myself. Um, We immediately start sourcing. I think the second we get a good wreck, our hands are burning and we can't wait to get out there and, you know, freshly source the, the role. Um, and we, we try to screen as quickly as possible and get folks on the phone as quickly as possible because um, time is of the essence, not only from the client side, but on the candidate side. Candidates are actively interviewing. Um, folks are in the process with other places already. So it's imperative that we're getting them over to the client as quickly as possible. Um, so we screen. I tell can- clients um you know, we'll follow whatever process you'd like when it comes to collecting information. So if you have a list of questions you want us to ask on your behalf, please send us to it. Send that to us. We'd rather ask all the questions and save you all the time than just write what we think is important, which, you know, we try to check all the big boxes that are 
necessary for the job, the job description, make sure that they're agreeable to compensation and anything else that's required for the role. Um, And then we share that with the client and they tell us if they'd like to meet with them. Um, And if I do not have candidates to a client within three to five business days, they're going to hear from me as to why. Is it because we're not getting any response? Is it because the comp's off? Is it because there's an in-office component? Like, what is it? Uh, Because if I say I'm going to work on it, I am working on it. And I'm not one of those recruiters that takes a wreck and you don't hear from me again when the going gets hard. It's, I mean, that's how how you're supposed to draw it up. That's how, I love the update because it shows, number one, it shows so many things I think recruiters can miss out on a lot of the times. It's just... That speed, right? You're following through on your promises and you're giving, like, your job is to give the lay of the land mm-hmm. when you're sourcing and screening, right? As we talk about, it, so it's on your, you know, the profile and like the value prop is like, we're going to like have ears to the ground. We're going to figure out what's going on. And here's what's going on. Yeah. Right. Like, the better you qualify the role and kind of set the expectations, you can give that feedback and they're just like, oh, okay, they know what to do. Either they got great candidates yeah. or ready to go or we got to repivot. But at least, like, it's quick, right? You can move on quickly if it's not going to work. You can, like, dive yeah. in deeper if it is going to work. And then it's, like, off to the next one, right? Off your plate, yeah. onto the next one. Because once the submittals yeah. are through, to me, that's just like, okay, that's off my plate. Now, you got to navigate logistics, but it's a lot less yeah. time than the sourcing yeah. and the screening. And that's, like, I think that's what you do. You and Megan do amazingly well. It's, like, you just dive in, you take care of it, get it off your desk and then onto the next one and just yep. repeat that process versus getting stuck. And you're only able to do that because of those front end conversations, right? Yeah. Being meticulous about that and just being honest and direct and transparent. And like, that's what opens up the doors and not being afraid to have a follow-up. And as you said, under promise, if you don't over promise, then it's a lot easier to do that check-in day three, four yeah. or five. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I and and going back to one thing, so being the pulse on the market is something that I've always kind of taken pride in. Um, anytime we have a role and you start to see the pattern of like the comps not matching up or whatnot, we track everything. I will log the profile, how much they're looking for, or the reasons why they're screening out because you cannot go back to a client and kind of say, here's what's going on, or you know, this is why no one's making their way through without the data. So the data is just so important. Otherwise, if you go back to them and say, like, it's not working and people want more money, they're going to ask, well, how much more? And if you're not tracking that and presenting that to them in a very thoughtful way, it's it's going to kind of all be for nothing. Right. Track your notes, track the conversation. That's why you want to push back on candidates, get a clear read on it, yeah. right? And have that. And versus just having conversations, not really tracking it. And then once it becomes like too subjective and like just by conversations and he said, she said, that's when clients are kind of like, ah, I don't know how, like, how thorough this recruiter is. And if I want yeah. to give them a $20,000 fee. We're probably better off to try to figure it out on our own. Mm-hmm. And recruiters are losing business without even knowing it just because they're not doing basic note tracking. And right. whether you document it in the notes or Google Sheets or an yeah. ATS system, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but you got to track it and you got to be alert. Every conversation, as you said, could be 10, 20, 30, $50,000 placement. Like who knows? Right. Yeah. And it could be, that could be the placement that leads to way more business. Right. So like yeah. just being intentional every step of the way is so critical and just like understanding that kind of having that 
like seriousness about it, right? Or they being intentional about it. Like that's like, it's critical. And I mean, sometimes it can be so easy to get into recruiting or call yourself a recruiter. People mm-hmm. don't understand, like, you got to take this, like, seriously, not too seriously. Right? We don't take ourselves seriously, but you got to take your work seriously. Yeah. The same time and the quality of the work and that, like, real money is moving across. And sometimes people forget that, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this client's not giving me this or this candidate. It's like, well, what are you doing to earn that, right? Like, yeah. you got to, like, show up and, like, make it happen. Look like yeah. you're legit and serious and, like, someone that they should want to work with. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that was one thing um, – you know, when I had my own agency, in, even now, it's so important to me to have um, a good brand, a b- good personal brand, a good company brand that I'm pleasant to work with, that I'm responsive, that I can work quickly, that I'm helpful. Like those are all things that, you know, since day one, without the intention of building a company that I just wanted to be as a person um, that I think has made all the difference in building long-term client relationships. Um, Yeah. I agree. So for the recruiters or some people that are listening Mm -hmm. that I'd be like, but Lauren, some roles, it's a purple unicorn. It's going to take me weeks to find people. It's not realistic. I can't find an engineer in two to three days in this market, et cetera, et cetera. What do you say to that? Did you try? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, I think there's absolutely some rules that are difficult without a a question. Um, You know, I'll use the example. We had a role earlier this summer in environmental tech, a very, very specific engineering role with a specific location, very specific uh, comp budget. And it was hard, no questions asked. Um, And those, there's someone out there for every job. It just might take a little longer. And I think as long as you are communicating what you are finding, what you are seeing, and if you stay committed, um, we have a role right now that Megan and I are are going to go to the ends of the earth to find them because yeah. we are committed. And I don't know if any other recruiters are committed to that. And I think a lot yeah. of recruiters want the easy layups, the one and dones. They are, you know, close it and move on to the next one. But for us, it's it's more about the relationship, the partnership. Like we're not giving up on you. Um, this is a real wreck. Like it, it's not because it's a bad job. It's just you know a very niche role in a small market, and that person will present themselves in due time, and that payout will be so worth it. Yeah. Um, so I just say you know if if you want it, just don't give up and, and keep looking and you know let it sit for a day. Let your mind relax on it. Sometimes when you work something too hard, you kind of get in the way of yourself. Um, but but go back to it because if it's a good wreck with a company that is legit, it's it's going to get filled whether you place it or someone else does. Well, that's what you said. If the client is there and the client's committed and it's <laughs> urgent and is on the same page with you and the word that comes back over and over again, right? The communication, right? The lines of communication are open and they're clear, mm-hmm. right? It, it can take a little bit of an effort, right? Yeah. And so you have that. You also have some of your bread and butter stuff that you want like – always running in the background, right? It's not like an either or, it's an and. And yeah. that's, uh, there's always time of the day, right? Yeah. Typically when I look in the KPIs and recruiter activity, I'm like, 
All right, you set up an outreach campaign. You had a couple messages. Like, what did you do the rest of the day? Right, and mm-hmm. I, I when my manager caught caught this on you know early in my recruiting days. She's like, all right, talked to four people. You got a couple subs. Out. Like, what's next? Like, you know, yeah, you got you got half the day left. Like, what are you doing the yeah. rest of the day? It's like, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll make some calls. Right, like yeah. you can always be doing something. Right in recruiting, I think just that self reflection, being honest with yourself of like, am I giving this everything I, I got? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, most of us have a. It's recruiting is not rocket science. It is a people science. It is all about logistics, but it is also mm-hmm. getting as many quality irons in the fire as possible. Yeah. And I see kind of hear people like making excuses and all that. Typically, like you look under the hood, it's like like you could be work like working at this a lot harder, mm-hmm. probably a little bit smarter, right? Like a little bit of creative yeah. thinking. You know, and that's like what it's going to do to sometimes earn that commission. And you're going to feel better about yourself and your work if you put in that effort. And typically, right, right you get rewarded for those types of, of behaviors, even if yep. it's not overnight. Like, yeah. it's all a lead lag effect, right? And that's yeah. a way to stand out from all the other recruiters that aren't doing those things. Yep, exactly. So. Exactly. So, and what everyone wants to know, Why? <laughs> Are we now, you went from a client, now we're working together. How'd that all happen? Why did it happen? I think, um, you know, early on, I kind of viewed you as, you know, not just someone who was teaching us um, how to put content out there, how to build Dripify campaigns, but as a business coach, like we had a lot of great conversations about how to take certain things to the next level and, you know, monetize recruiting in different ways and in different avenues. And I think there were just a lot of great synergies um, when we would have just very off the cuff discussions about, you know, there could be something more than just filling recs and trying to find recs and, you know, building, you know, a, a new and different machine to um, be an additive to the community that you've spent so much time building over the past few years. Um, and I think our conversation lasted like five minutes when we decided <laughs> to yeah. just go for it. Um, You know, things were were in a transition period for me and my agency. And it just felt like the right and comfortable next next step. It it was crazy because I think my (laughs) son, so my first child was about a week old. I took a Mm -hmm. week. I I, I lasted about a week not working. Uh, (laughs) Now, it took me a few weeks to actually my brain to not be mush. But the first conversation I had, I remember it was a week after I was born. I was on a Wednesday. And the it was talking to you, right? Yeah. You were going through something, and I kind of heard it out. I was like, well, "Why don't you just come over here? Like, we'll just knock this out." Like, I got a network. I mean, I was always kind of had my eye out. I'm like, "There's a recruiter out there that understands the sales, understands the recruiting, that could like I could team, you know, bring in, team up with, and kind of have as like the managing director run the day to day." And I'll kind of do all the branding and the marketing and make mm-hmm. some introductions and partnerships that can kind of run with it. I was like, mm-hmm. I just, I had to be patient for it. <laughs> and like, it just like, it just worked out. And mm-hmm. like, you, I was like, well, this could be perfect. And I think mean, mm-hmm. that's what's happened. I mean, just you, 
you are all those things that you said, right? The responsiveness, the, I mean, I joke, like I'll be on a 30 minute call and I come back and I got five emails from Lauren <laughs> responding to every different thing. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like I hate emails. Uh, right. So it's just like kind of that partnership, but I was like, I like coming up with content ideas and like the, you know, the, the longer term vision and kind of how to implement some of the stuff and how to navigate some of those tough conversations around the mm-hmm. sales. Like I love stuff like that, but it is a lot building an agency yeah. and scaling an agency. There's no way yeah. I was ever going to do it on my own. People are like, why don't you build it yourself? I'm like, yeah. I love the training and the coach and like the sales piece, but like the day-to-day mentioning the recruiters and doing the recruiting, like that's not my sweet spot to be right. like, I can do it. I can, I, I've done it, but it's like, those are my strengths. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you like, you bring that to the table, it just kind of made sense. And uh, I think the, the lesson is just like, you know, if you put yourself out there, you work with people, I like said, you do good, you treat people the right way, you work hard for them, right? You come through in mm-hmm. your promises, like, you don't know what opportunities could come up. And you might yeah. view things like one way, they might develop into this like, other thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not being such like a stickler of like, well, I got to do it this way. Or, you know, they were a client, I don't know if I could partner, it's like, you know, yeah. how does this thing like, there's always so much out there, but there's only so much time in the day. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, who, how can we kind of partner and have fun and who like it's kind of on the same level like work wise i think that's also be kind of fun it's like you're like oh i'm a little intense i'm always sourcing and on calls and we talk all the time i'm like i'm the same way with like me and christina and and ross i think we had no idea no end probably but just like we're always online it seems like but yet also all still spend time with our families somehow so yes. don't quite know how we all do it but like, i think we're all like on that level like that playing field like that's Mm-hmm. what's making this work and i'm yeah. making this a lot of fun it's like we like get at it and then it's like all right dinner all right fireworks all right i gotta go here right so I was like, okay cool like no problem like you know and then, like there's like that healthy there's uh, maybe a world just all crazy that's what it's like yeah. it's all the same level of nuts maybe that's yeah. what it is but it's been it's super fun yeah yeah it, it, it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun to kind of think of different you know products and platforms that you can add into the digital recruiter world that will continue to enhance and service and and hopefully, you know, not just us, but many other recruiters will find, you know, valuable to their agency or if they're solopreneurs that need, you know, more support, you know, you're certainly building those, you know, outlets to make it happen for everyone. Yeah, it's what's it's what's fun, right? Kind of building that little community, and it's definitely mm-hmm. added so much. I think it's like shown people, kind of setting the standard of, you know, well, this is what you know, digital recruiter is kind of all about. Like, we work hard, we have a good time, like we do what needs to get done. Kind of pushing some of the innovation, and really kind of all like working together, and kind of setting a standard, like really not making excuses, but like getting right. things done. So, so to that end, talk about mm-hmm. innovations. We've decided to launch about what three weeks ago the digital recruiter split rec board mm-hmm. where the idea is there was an overflow right members in our community hey i got more roles and i know what to do with and i can't work on all of them and there's recruiters that's so like hey we got a little bit of a lull or we got some clients who are like you know maybe three weeks out we got stuff to you know we want stuff to work on mm-hmm. so try to make some of those matches mm-hmm. i get Talk to us about kind of the split rec board. Yeah, like what yeah. your thoughts on that, how that's kind yeah. of like playing out. Yeah. Yeah. Our um, 
my third child, the split record, yeah. uh, <laughs> is is something that was just very apparent that your community needed once we started working together. Um, you have some folks that are overwhelmed and they have so many wrecks and they, you know, it's just better to split them with somebody else than to let them go and um, sit unfilled because you can't provide the necessary, you know, attention to them. You don't want to let them go or clients who are, you know, want a client or your clients that want a client um, and they get a wreck that just might not be in their wheelhouse, but they want to nurture that relationship. It's an outlet for that. Um, so it's basically, um, you know, a recruiting dating system. There's an application on both ends where, you know, rec holders can submit their qualified rec. Qualified rec. <laughs> qualified. Um, as described before. Um for us to review and to further help qualify. Um, and then there is the, I call it the fulfillment side where fulfillment recruiters who are looking for recs to work on can submit their application where we're asking, you know, what have you worked on recently? What would you say your niche is? What do you want to work on? Um, just trying to get those um, KPIs from them to make sure that we are matching them with the proper requisition to work on. Um, and once you are matched, you kind of get to let the curtain drop and see, you know, who is the client and what is the rec and, you know, get to work on it. You're agreeing to submit notes as the rec holder needs to submit them. So during my pitch, I tell my clients, this is how you're going to get your notes and yeah. how we're going to present candidates to you. Um, so uh, as a fulfillment recruiter, you're kind of operating as I have pitched to my client and signed them on. Um, and there's, you know, the agreement that the rec will be split once it's fulfilled. So, um, yeah. That's it. I, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because you made me think of like the curtain being dropped it's almost like, you know, love is blind. It's like the wreck is blind, right? So you get to call the wreck board. It's like, you know, I don't know. What am I going to get, right? And it's just like, and is it going to kind of work out? And then there's a time after, right? Like the recruiter, the, the meeting, you know, at the wreck altar. It's like, yep. is this going to work and, and everything else? So um, yep. I, I just, I, I could help myself. It's That's, exactly that, how it is. I blame my wife. She got me on that show and it's just, it's brutal. It was eight, eight, eight months of pregnancy. Nothing I could say, but the, how does one get the most out of the rec board? Maybe starting with the rec holder and then the recruiter. Yeah. Again, like if you are the rec holder, you know, submitting a qualified rec, you know, not just a rec that you've been handed, you know, via email that you've had no introduction to, that you don't have a good understanding about the company. Like you need to be able to speak to it and, you know, feel good that it's going to close um, and, you know, get the most favorable terms for everyone. Obviously, we want recs that are worth the split. So, you know, not something that's going to be, you know, a $5,000, you know, placement fee, and then we have to split it, you know, two weeks. That's not fun for anyone. So, you know, making sure that you're getting good recs, um, good pay ranges, so that way it's worth everyone's time and efforts. Yeah. Um, no money back okay. guarantees. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and from the fulfillment side, you know, being ready to work, being ready to, you know, I'm holding you to my standards of um, submitting candidates. I'll give you a little bit more time, five days, um, to <laughs> the folder. Um, because again, it's it's about working quickly on it and making sure that's being worked on it. Again, if it's a hard role, that's okay. But having that line of communication open, you are the one that's getting the market research to report back to the the rec holder who is fit client facing. They will own that client relationship and and making sure there's that communication. Um, you know, if you say that you're a Swift Army knife and you can work on anything, like be a Swift Army knife and work on anything. Or if yeah. you really only want to work on a sales role, like that's cool. We have plenty. If you want to work Eng please apply. We have more than we can handle right now. Um, so just, you know, being, you know, as clear as possible as to what you will be successful working on. For sure. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. I know we're in the beta stage of this right now yeah. and you know, we're kind of having the wait list so we can just make sure we're seeing right, these initial wins. I know that we have like submittals and interviews and hopefully offers going out and it's only been a couple yes. of weeks, which is pretty exciting. So yes. um, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Any last thoughts, takeaways, pieces of advice for owners, recruiters, yeah. anyone out there? Yeah, I think um, this year has been a, a more challenging year than years prior for you know agency recruiters, even internal recruiters. We they've every side of the coin has been hit pretty hard. Um, but there are so many wrecks out there still. There's so many clients looking for partnerships. They might not be the client that, you know, you were working with last year, but, you know, really identify the clients that aren't getting hit up by agency recruiters day in and day out. Um, those uh, companies that just raise money and they're on crunch base, like, Maybe those weren't the ones to go after because everyone's trying to get their money, but going after, you know, ones that fly under the radar um, is, you know, a, a great way to find business right now. There's so much out there. I am never territorial as a recruiter. Um, there's no, I mean, there is a secret sauce, but it's it's not rocket science. It's not a hidden secret um, as to how to get business and how to keep business. There's always going to be so many of us out there that, you know, I am not, you know, nervous or scared. I, I actually want to help folks, you know, have success and and win and and have as much fun as I do with recruiting. I never in my wildest dreams thought this was going to be um, my job, truly. <laughs> I love it. It's a great, uh, it's a great pep talk. I think a lot of people need to hear that and to see it. And it's true. I mean, I'm amazed at our rec board at the split rec board, and there's a ton of opportunity out there. So I mean, if you're a recruiter, that's kind of in that position. That's like, you know what, I'm down to work hard and learn and be coached and, and make some money make some placements and want to work with a good team, like reach out to us, reach out to Lauren yes. what, on LinkedIn. I know we're relaunching our website over this weekend. So by the time this is out, like that will be looking all, all pretty. And so reach out to us, right? Reach out to Lauren yeah. on LinkedIn, shoot us a message. Uh, you know, we can get you the forms to apply for the rec board. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're needing, if your company needs any help hiring, whether an agency owner or anything else, again, reach out to myself or Lauren. Uh, I mean, probably just Lauren. She's, she's the one that can <laughs> handle it. She'll, she'll work way faster than I will. Uh, she'll, she'll probably a candidate see you by the end of the call. Uh, so reach out to us. Um, and other than that, Lauren, 
thank you so much for being Thanks. on here, taking right. the time. Talk to you later. Awesome. Well, <laughs> that's it for this episode, Digital Recruiter Podcast. We will see you next time. Make sure to five stars, rate, download, follow, all that, all that good stuff. You know, help the uh, the small guy, little guy podcast. Uh, you know, rise up the uh, charts. Until um, then, happy hunting. Thank you.